0: glad you could join us today for the concepts of faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Now we're sharing with you about rightly dividing the word of truth. In fact, we said we were going to kick over some sacred cows. Well, we've already done some of that. We're going to do some more of it. And you know, Over in India, they worship cows instead of eat them. Now, that's what I mean when we kick over sacred cows. There's some sacred cow scriptures, verses of scripture in the Bible that some people allow to hold them in bondage. And it was designed to fulfill a need in your life. But you see, when people worship the scripture and wouldn't dare eat it, then it holds them in bondage. And because of certain preconceived ideas, you see, that people have about certain scriptures... Then, they're held in bondage because they didn't rightly divide the word of truth. Every one of us have heard people talk about the chastening of the Lord. Well, we're going to find out what the Bible says about it. See, all some people know about the Bible is what they heard that somebody said they thought they heard somebody say about it. Well, that's not good enough. Let's find out what the Bible really said about it. Then apply it to our situation in life. And rightly divide God's word. When you do, you see, the knowledge of the truth will set you free. I believe it was Hosea that prophesied. God said to his prophet Hosea, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You see, he didn't say God's people were destroyed because the devil was so great, because he's so powerful, that he's such almighty. But he said, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So then Jesus came along and said, If you continue in my word, then you'll be my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So you see, it's not just the truth that sets you free, because everyone that has a Bible has the truth. But you see, you have to have the knowledge of the truth. How many of you know you can't believe any further than you have knowledge? You've got to know the truth before it sets you free. So that's why we're talking about rightly dividing the word of God and kicking over some sacred cows, some scriptures that have kind of held people in bondage. Let's read from the 11th chapter of Hebrews. And let's read from verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. Talking about God. Without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now notice that the writer says you can't please God without faith. It's an impossibility. The reason for that is that God is a faith God. And all that God has given to us, he's given us through the avenue of faith. Every promise of God's word, the way you tap into these promises is through faith. The apostle Paul put it this way. By faith, you have access into the grace of God. There is no way to get into the grace of God except through faith. Now, faith is a law. It's the law of the new covenant. Under the old covenant, there was what they called the old law, or the old covenant was the old law. People had a limited righteousness under the old law because it was through the law of works. But now it's through the law of faith. And faith, then, is the law of the new covenant. The Apostle Paul in Romans, the third chapter, says, Do we make void the law through faith? He said, God forbid we establish the law. But the law he's referring to is the law of the new covenant, which is the law of faith. Now, here he says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. And he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It's not enough to believe that God exists. We must believe that God is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Now that's what it takes to please God. We've got to come to God, we've got to believe that He is and that He's the rewarder. He's not the one that takes away. He's not the one that causes us problems in life and causes all the trials and tests to come our way. Now see, there's kind of been a Undercurrent in religious circles that the trials, the tests, the problems that you have in life are designed of God to make you stronger. And then you always hear somebody talk about, well, you know, God led the children through the wilderness. Children of Israel. Well, you ought to check up on the wilderness experience. It wasn't God's will for the children of Israel to spend 40 years in the wilderness. It was their disobedience that caused them to stay there that long. And then some suggest that it is the trials and the tests of life that makes their faith stronger. Well, ask yourself, did it make theirs any stronger? The children of Israel. No, it didn't make their faith stronger, it killed them. And it'll kill you if you stay there long enough. (laughs) And we need to understand some of these things. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. The children of Israel spent 40 years in the wilderness because of disobedience. The Bible says they wouldn't mix any faith with the word of God. See, God said, I've given you the land it belongs to you. Go in and possess it. But they wouldn't mix any faith with that word. You see, the writer of the Hebrews said in the fourth chapter of Hebrews that the word was preached to us as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So it takes faith to please God. And we must believe that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. What we're saying is, is the phrase that Oral Roberts coined, and that is, God is a good God. How many of you believe that? Praise God, I'll tell you what, God's on our side. But did you know there's millions of people that doesn't know God's on their side? Through religious tradition and preconceived ideas, see, people have... Decided that God's a big, you know, old gray-headed man with a long beard and a big stick. And if you ever miss it, he's going to slap you down and put his foot on you. No, thank God that's not my father. We've got to believe that he is and that he's the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, come right on over to the 12th chapter of Hebrews. Now, you'll notice here in the 12th chapter, after the faith chapter, And we're going to cover the 11th chapter in some of the other sessions. We're going to talk about the others of Hebrews 11. You know, there's some valid questions there. Sometimes people say, well, I know all of the great faith hall of fame there in Hebrews 11, but what about the others that were tortured, those that were sawn asunder? What happened there? Well, those are some valid questions, and we're going to get into that. But for this session, let's go into the 12th chapter. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin that does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now that phrase I want you to underline in your Bible, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. This tells you that Jesus is the author of your faith. Jesus is the finisher of your faith. Now notice it didn't say that trials and tests was the author of your faith. It didn't say that the trying of your faith, James didn't say the trying of your faith makes it stronger. He said the trying of your faith worketh patience. Let patience have her perfect work. Patience is a spiritual force that undergirds your faith, causes you to become constant through a trial because of what you believe because of you believing that God is on your side. But you see, when you look at this and understand what he's saying here, Jesus is the author. Now, who was Jesus? Jesus was the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Now, what he's saying is that Jesus was the Word. Jesus was the Word of God personified. Now here he is saying that the Word is the author. Jesus is the author of our faith, or the Word is the author of our faith. Now you can understand that if you go to Romans the 10th chapter and see what the Apostle Paul said. So then faith cometh by hearing the Word of God. Now that's where faith comes from. That's where it starts. That's where faith starts, is by hearing the Word of God. But you see, if you don't hear the Word of God, the faith won't come. That's why the Apostle Paul says, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. See, he's dealt to every man the measure of faith, not a measure, the measure. Now, how do you measure faith? Have you ever thought about that? Just think about it for a minute. How would you measure faith? Now, if faith comes by hearing the Word of God, and if God's Word is filled with faith, then the only way that you could measure faith was to measure the amount of Word that was in you. See, if someone says, well, I just don't have faith to believe God for finances. Well, that means there's lack of the word of promise in you concerning finances. Now, see, you might be highly developed in some of the other areas. You could be highly developed in faith concerning healing. Because maybe you'd been taught that, see. But maybe you'd been raised or had grown up in a church where they were, you know, kind of thumbs down on the prosperity message. And I'll tell you, if you are taught every day and every Sunday that to be prosperous is wrong and to be poor is humble, you'll more than likely be poor. Not because it's God's will, but because it's what you believe, see. Now, the word of God is where the faith comes from. That's why that an individual could be highly developed in one area, such as healing, and not have any faith in the other area of promise, which would be finances or maybe baptism of the Holy Spirit, see. We have to take God's word for it. But when we get off of God's word and go toward religious tradition and traditional ideas, you see, Jesus said through man's tradition they made the word of God of none effect. So if we take tradition for it instead of what God said about it, then, you see, we could have no faith at all for healing because they might have been raised in the church and taught that healing went out with the apostles, you see. God bless you. I appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. I trust you've been blessed by the Word of God. All this week, our CD offer is number 7121. CD offer number 7121. It's entitled, The Chastening of the Lord. Single CD for $8 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $11. You know, there's so many people... Believe that the Lord chastens you with sickness and disease and poverty and all kinds of bad things. But Paul wrote to Timothy and said, Study to show thyself approved, a workman needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now let's look at what the Scripture says about this. And the 12th chapter of Hebrews is the key to it. Verse 5 says, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Now the chastening of the Lord is through his word. Now notice the context of the scripture. You have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. How do you chasten a child? With words. You chasten them with words. You don't burn a blister on their hand and say that'll teach you not to touch the hot stove. That's child abuse. They will put you in jail for stuff like that, and yet people accuse God of putting sickness and disease on his children to chasten them. Notice, it says, You have forgotten the exhortation, which speaketh unto you as unto children. Verse 6 says, Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourges every son whom he receiveth. He chastens us with his word. I believe it's Psalms 94. He said, He chastens us out of his word. That's offer number 7121, The Chastening of the Lord, single CD for $8 plus $3 postage and handling, a total of $11. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this Charles Capps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and yes, Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Capps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas.